0: The Beef and Dairy Network podcast live is sponsored by Granium, the new nutritional sand from Mitchell's. If it's not Mitchell's, get back in the truck. Drum roll, please. If you look under your seats, you'll find a free mini sachet of Granium. That's right. You get granium, and you get granium, and you get granium, and you get granium. Only joking, it's illegal in the European Union. There is nothing under your seat. Enjoy the show!
1: Hello, and welcome to the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. This edition of the podcast is a very special one, as it's being recorded in front of a live audience... at the annual London Agri-Media-Con. The foremost convention for those involved, or just interested, in the agricultural media. The convention, of course, is sponsored by Mitchell's Europe. If it's not Mitchell's Europe, go on strike. In the modern era, the convention has played host to guests from across the world of the agricultural media, including in recent years a number of podcasts, including crop-based phenomenon cereal, <laughs> familial bullfighting smash, my dad smote a horno, meat-based conspiracy podcast, No Such Thing as a Fish. And long-standing American favorite, This Agrarian Life. And of course. A world of camel breeding tips from dromedary bang bang. This is an edited recording of our recent live show at London Agri Media Con, where we were joined by some fantastic guests, including bovine arse vet Bob Truscothic. He first became known to Beef and Dairy Network members a couple of months ago when he appeared on an episode about the dating service Beef Encounters. And as a result of his appearance on that podcast, he's been signed up by Channel 5 to host his own show, Vet in a Helicopter. To tell us about this latest chapter in his life, please welcome leading bovine arse vet, Bob Truscothic. Thank you. Thank you. Bob, Mm. thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, Congratulations on the new TV show. Great. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it's very exciting. (laughs) Vets in a helicopter. Have you been in a helicopter before? No,
2: I I had never been in a helicopter before. I'd seen them about, obviously, uh, so I knew the deal. Uh, So it's been... uh, (laughs) Very sort of steep learning curve for me. Uh, yeah, the
1: whole thing's very exciting. Uh, before we talk about that, I want to turn yep. the clock back a bit. And, okay. um, sort So of talk, to, talk to you about kind of how you got here today. And, and when you were first training to be a vet, yep. what was it about a cow's anus that you find so compelling that you chose it to be your specialist subject as a vet? It, the cow is the only mammal, apart from ourselves,
2: uh, that can't lick its own anus. <laughs> um... And as a result, you know, it develops essentially a kind of micro-ecosystem there. It has to be quite a self-sufficient place. Um, but if you're examining a cow's ass, you know, I've been, so many times I've been sitting in a cow shed, and you have to wait, you have to close one eye, and you, as, you, as you let the other eye adjust to the gloom, to the shadow areas and the contours of the anus, uh, you just have to wait. And that moment of tranquility... It's like uh, no other piece I've ever found in any other sphere of life. It's absolutely magical being right up there. Yeah. There was
1: some uh, surprise here from people uh, when you mentioned that it's the only animal that can't lick its own anus. Because um, obviously what people, what people don't know is that a giraffe is actually was a cow that just evolved to be able to do that. That's right. <laughs>
2: That's right, and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't necessary for survival. You know, there's obviously... It sort of corner... turns
1: Darwin's theory right on his head, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just certain corners of the earth where you can really thrive if you can. Lick your ass and sort of fold yourself into looking like a giant sort of
1: orangey sort of hope. Uh, so predators just uh, just pass you by. I don't want to sour the, uh, the atmosphere, but is there ever an ass that you can't save? You... Can
2: always save the ass. You can't always save the cow.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anus transplant: Mm. the next step of the ladder, or an impossible dream.
2: I mean, mean, literally a
1: pipe dream. No, (laughs)
2: no, no, stuff is happening. Um, Traditionally, if we needed to fashion a brand new anus um, to avoid immune problems, we would take uh, a bit of vocal cord. And uh, fashion the new anus out of that, um, which works brilliantly. But, but it, it can end up—you can have a bunch of kind of sort of a field of cattle that just sound like kind of baritone cats. <laughs> um, um, but they are—you know—there are the Vienna Institute is looking into how to successfully they they can fashion them. But it's grafting them on. At the moment, they're at the stage where they're able to graft them onto you know uh, sort of small rodents and that kind of thing. Um, Bats, mostly bats. Um, so there's a bunch, there's a lab in Vienna where there's a bunch of bats uh, that have got cow's assholes on them. Um, and they they are waiting to work out what to do with them. <laughs> and the big question is, how do we get, we know where we want the anuses to go. What's the sign? how do we get from bat with anus to anus on the, yeah, there's a big, Big question that people haven't quite managed to work out yet, but fingers could crossed.
1: You, could you ever use, uh, like, a cheap calamari ring? Oh, I have done, yeah. <laughs> I have
2: done, and that, I mean, that's, you know... Maybe that's, from Pizza Express. That's two it? sides of the same coin, isn't it? You know, because in the same way that Pizza Express have, uh, you know, allegedly used uh, cow's asses for calamari rings. <laughs> um, and so so vets around the world, vets in need, you know, uh, vet, uh, you know, uh, veterinarians
1: sans frontières, you know, they'll, they'll use anything they can... Get their hands off. Okay, mm. well let's let's talk about um, in a helicopter. Mm. Pretty exciting stuff. Very weekly on Channel Five. Yeah. on the chopper, going to yeah. help people. How's the How's the filming been?
2: It's been It's been intense. It's been It was problematic uh, to begin with. So it's a few teething problems. the The idea of the show is that you know someone will ring in with a, a, a farmer who needs a bit of help. You know, maybe they've noticed their farmer's a bit skint and they've got some very tatty anuses in the field. And uh, so what we did we uh, we bought an old uh, a decommissioned Chinook uh, from the RAF. And uh, painted it um, to look like a jersey, um, and which is great. You know, it's fantastic. And the idea is that I it, it lands, and the sort of the, the, the ramp comes out the back, which we fashioned it to look like an absolutely massive anus, and I come out um, of that sort of anus. But it's very the first thing we discovered is very hard to uh, to land a, a Chinook helicopter in a field full of cattle um, without creating exactly the sort of problems that you would require a vet for <laughs> Urgently or a chef. Uh, yeah um, <laughs> so um, So a few teething problems. Yeah a couple of them. I've, I've gone all right You know, we, we did one recently with a guy in uh, Lancashire We sort of tricked him the farmer and we told him that um, We sort of sent a fake letter that the bank needed to see him because he was gonna lose his home And uh, so he went in to the local towns, so who's gone for the day, and uh, by the time he came back, he was very confused and tearful because uh, the bank wasn't even open. And uh, by the time he came back, he came back and uh, uh, we we cemented up fissures, uh, we would put back in prolapses, we had put down about thirteen of his cows, but uh, that was sort of necessary. And we took the bill for that, and he was absolutely thrilled. I think.
1: Great. Uh, thanks for coming. I mean, there's a couple of things now. Uh, it's it's been a very cheerful exchange so far. Just. Since your TV shows were announced, there's, there's been some scrutiny of you by the tabloids. Obviously, they've, they've dug the dirt on you. And I wonder if you can just confirm or deny some of the things that have been written about you. Uh, the Daily Mirror reported, you once apparently hit a whole lollipop lady uh, with a, an iron fire extinguisher.
2: <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't unprovoked. She lives near my, it's this Doris Merriweather is her name. If you live near me, you will, she's an absolute nightmare. She, like, she doesn't let like five kids through. She lets like sort of 80 kids through at a time. And it wasn't a full-size fire extinguisher. It was just like the little ones you have to take in your car if you go to France,
1: right? And I, I just chucked it at her. Okay. And it didn't even
2: hit her. She whacked it back with the lollipop
1: and chipped my windscreen. It's interesting you mentioned uh, France there. Another one. In a fit of rage, you once shot a German taxi driver. Not a fit of rage. Um,
2: A a misunderstanding. My German is very poor, and I thought he asked me to do it. And
1: uh, Local police were absolutely satisfied with that. And finally, the son claims that you believe that your parents are both uh, floating, disembodied, mystical anuses made of pure energy. Yeah. Okay. So, um... right, before we go, um, I'm sure many audience members will have kind of questions of a veterinary nature. I think we've got a question from a Sarah Peacock from Hull. Hello, Sarah.
3: Hello, um, I'm Sarah Peacock from Hull, as you know.
2: We've, We've covered that.
3: I bought a horse off a guy in my book group. But it turns out not to have a spine. Ah. Um, when I call him up, it rings through to the answer phone. And when I go to the address he gave me, it's just a pile of tyres.
2: OK. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of this about at the moment. It's a Latvian issue um, where they, uh, they're building a new super canal and a horse's spine is the perfect length to measure the correct depth. Um, so they're using them, and they've got a lot of spare horses. Uh, often they'll give them a sort of a temporary inflatable spine, and people are, are, are selling them off. And uh, you should have been told explicitly that you had a horse with a temporary inflatable spine rather than the proper one. And it may be that he's not avoiding you, this guy. You say he just looks like a pile of tyres. So, I mean, you could try again, actually see if someone's in, uh, because my house looks like that.
1: Great, thank you. Sarah, does that help?
3: Um, yeah, I'll go
1: back. I'll have another look. Great, thank you. And finally, uh, Barry Robbins from Bristol. Is Barry, there he is, Barry Robbins. Hello, Barry. Uh, hello, uh, Barry Robbins from Bristol Yes. There. Right.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't feel like my duck is trying. You, you don't feel like your duck is trying? That's right. Ducks. I mean, it's been absolutely years uh, since I've treated a duck. Uh
1: do you mean it's sort of what it's like? It's let itself go a bit. Is that what you no, mean? That's,
2: that's right. Yeah, let itself go.
1: Yeah, it's a common thing. From what I remember
2: from my vet school days, is there is not an uncommon congenital condition. Ducks are born with or some. Ducks are born with uh, inverted eyes. Um, so they think everything is upside down. Um, so every time they're trying to sort of you know, find a breadcrumb or whatever in, that's floating in the water, they'll actually take off. Yeah. Um, and every time they're trying to wash their face or whatever, the same thing. And if they're you know, trying to fly up to join some other ducks in the sky, uh, they'll, they'll just dive. Um, so eventually they just, they just give up because they're confused. Uh, so it's probably something like
1: that. Is there anything Barry can do? No. OK. <laughs> Well, thank you, Barry. I, mean, thank I you. guess that's not very ho- hopeful well, for you.
2: Well, no, he's got it right, but you no, know, there's nothing he can do. No.
1: <laughs> thank you f- for that accent, Barry. Um... <laughs> uh, a couple more uh, quick ones. we got Hayley Oaks from Swansea. Hayley Oaks from Swansea.
3: Oh, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, I got a question. I got two gerbils. They aren't doing it. Right. <laughs> two gerbils. Yeah. I got them. Yeah. They're not doing it
2: i just get some new gerbils, is what I would advise. Generally speaking, with gerbils, uh, with any disease, the treatment is to get a new gerbil.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Hayley. Uh, and, and finally, um, we've got Stacey Renato from Los Angeles. Stacy, have you got a...
0: Hey, what's up? Hi. Um, so whenever I come in from ripping a giant wave uh, off the coast of Venice Beach here in Los Angeles... Um, There's these raccoons. They live on my trash cans behind my uh, bungalow apartment. And um, these raccoons, they're there every day. And when I show up, they clearly don't recognize me. (laughs) I just feel like I live here. I'd like some familiarity. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? What should I do to, like, endear them to me? So
2: you've got frosty raccoons.
0: Yeah, they're cold as ice, babe.
2: Which is... uh... Very commonplace. Um, do you mind me asking, first of all, what kind of wax are you using on your surfboard?
0: Oh, gotta use buff top wax. Uh, okay. All the time, man. Number one in okay. the biz. Okay, well, that's
2: encouraging. That shouldn't be a bit of a problem at all. If you could, next yeah. time you wax your surfboard, yeah. scatter in a few breadcrumbs and some trash, okay, <laughs> to give it a bit of texture. And the like, raccoons will like that. There'll be a nice, tasty snack. Bring them surfing. Oh, okay, okay. It's with raccoons, it's down to you to offer the hand of friendship. <laughs>
0: So you want me to bread my surfboard bread like an surfboard. eggplant parmesan? That's right,
2: yes, exactly. Our sort of cheese on toast uh, of the sea. And, uh, and then, yeah, they'll be very excited and, um, and give that a go. And let me know what happens if you get on or, or any other outcomes, because uh, no one has ever taken a raccoon surfing before.
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much, uh, Bob Trostock. Everyone, Thanks, please, uh, a big round of applause for Bob Trescothi. Thank you, thank you. Now, uh, before we meet our uh, next guest, it's time for a listener letter. Uh, We received a number of letters this month in response to the big question on our website. How much do you spend on beef? We had many uh, replies to this uh, on the website, but this one really caught our eye. Mark from Yorkshire writes... I no longer have any money to spend on
2: beef. I was made redundant last week, having worked without a day off for 50 years straight... And when I say worked, I don't mean the sort of thing that counts as work these days, like inventing apps or making coffee or being a doctor. No. I mean proper work, hard graft, getting up at five in the morning and wanking off pigs non-stop until 3pm. Every day, pulling away at their weird little todgers. That's proper work you can be proud of. It ruined my marriage, of course. You can't look at your wife in the eye when you've spent all day pulling off pigs and collecting their spunk in a bucket. You just can't. Anyway, last week the manager, a sour-faced woman called Anne, came into the wanking parlour and said,
3: Graham, put down that semi-engorged pigs, phallus.
2: You're sacked. And I said, why? And she said,
3: Have you ever wondered what we do with all the buckets of spunk, Graham?
2: And I said, No. I'm much too busy jacking off all these pigs to worry about that. Anne looked worried and said,
3: The business is in trouble, so we've brought in a hotshot American business consultant to try and turn everything round. She knows everything there is to know about business, apart from why M&M's have persisted with those adverts with the red and yellow m and I, I get that the yellow one is the dopey one, but what is the red M&M's personality meant to be? Like, just a dickhead, is it?
2: And then this American woman came in all high heels and expensive clothes. Looked like she'd never even seen a pig's cock, much less stimulated it to climax.
0: Listen, Graham, I've done an exhaustive time and motion study of this business, and put it this way, you spend a lot of time doing the same motion. That's right, I
2: said. And proud of it. Um,
0: But my study also shows that after you fill the buckets and put them on the conveyor belt, they go into the room next door and then... Nothing. They've just been piling up in there for 50 years. I have to say, it is one of the worst rooms I've ever been into. And I've had a tour of Mike Pence's house.
2: What? I said, you mean to say I've been wanking off pigs 8 hours a day for 50 years for absolutely no reason whatsoever?
0: (sighs) That's correct, Graham. You know, the guy in the next room who was meant to, I don't don't even know what he was, I guess, process, all the pig sperm, he died in there 49 years ago. (laughs) That's right, there's also a dead guy in there. I really cannot stress enough how bad that room is. And on top of that, even if he were alive, it's really not clear to me what you guys were planning on doing with all the pig semen? I mean, especially given that this is a John Lewis. I pleaded with them both, but my fate was clear for all to see.
3: I'm sorry, Graham. You've wanked off your last pig. In a professional capacity, at least.
2: Financially, I've been ruined. When I was working, I was paying into beef pension. Every week, a little bit of beef was put aside. When I was made redundant, my financial advisor gave me the key to the garage where he'd been stockpiling the beef for all that time. When I got there, I was met with a gigantic pile of rancid beef. It was almost as bad as the room full of vintage pig semen and a dead guy, but not quite. So I'm not really sure what the moral of my story is, to be honest. All the best, Graham. (laughs) Thanks, Graham.
1: You know what's not smart? Not smart. The way hiring used to be, job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. Now there's a smarter way at ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for you and actively invites them to apply. It's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the US. Brackets, this rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, network members can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash beef. Slash beef. Slash beef.
0: In a world where meat was banned, only one man could stand up to the state.
2: Oh my God! Somebody help me! They're taking my family meat! Be quiet! Hand over your meat and you can be on your way!
3: Never! You might- Will
2: me. Slash Beef, he's just a myth.
1: Did somebody order
3: beef? Oh my God, Slash Beef!
1: That's right, I'm slash beef.
3: slash beef. Slash Beef. Slash
1: Beef. Slash Beef.
3: Slash Beef.
1: That's right, I'm Slash Beef.
3: Hey Slash Beef, if you're here saving me, what have you done with our newborn child, Benjamin?
1: Uh, oh no.
3: Glenjamin,
1: home alone? Baby beef. That's really awful parenting. Well, at least I'm not stealing meat on behalf of a corrupt government. You're a disgrace.
2: (laughs) I wonder who Glenjamin thinks is more of a disgrace me or you, his neglectful father? (laughs) (laughs) Glenjamin!
1: I'm Slash Beef. (laughs) Sippercuder.com Slash Beef. guest caused a media storm earlier this year when her story was splashed on the front pages of all the agricultural press. (laughs) Sisters Marcy and Patty Redrow were involved in a tragic accident last year and both died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital. They were later revived by medical professionals but they both claimed that while they were medically dead they visited heaven. Their description of heaven contained some startling claims. One that God is a middle-aged Australian man (laughs) and secondly and more obsessingly, that there is no beef in heaven. For realsies. (laughs) Patty won't speak to the press, but her sister uh, is here. Please welcome Marcy Redrow. Hello.
0: Hi, thank you. Marcy, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Now,
1: everyone will know this, but I guess just in case people don't, tell us again how you died.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, so it's a little embarrassing, but um, I was running the beef popsicle store that my sister and I run, and um, we have this big freezer because of all the beef Popsicles. And so I went in it. She went in it after me. And then we got trapped. So we froze to death. Right. And then one day someone did open the door from the outside because it wasn't locked. It was just, you know, like a door that's hard to push. And you think, like, I did push it. And they're like, no, it's fine. And someone else comes. And it's not that they're stronger. It's just that, like, maybe you were thinking about something else when you were, like, you tried. And you were like, no, I did. I, it's locked. And then you just succumbed to death, whereas someone else was just more focused.
1: So when did, when did you know that you, you had actually died? Because that's something that none of us have been through. What's... You haven't? No. You look it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, so I guess we knew that we were dead, like, I mean, you know, Patty's more, um, like, susceptible to things than me, so, like, she notices things more. I was just, like, well, I don't have any cell service, so, like, what's going on? Because, like, T-Mobile, I guess, doesn't reach heaven or something, like...
1: So you just kind of appeared in this heavenly place? Yeah, it was what's really- it like What's it like? Is it like Earth in any way, or...?
0: Um, sort of. It was very pretty. It was kind of like um, boring though. It was like a big field. Have you ever been to a place where there's like just grass and like not even hills? All the time. Yeah. Yeah. So like imagine that. Like just an er- just like a giant lawn. You know. Like no one. No one's even playing a game on here. There's no picnic. There's no couples like thinking they're on a date, but really they're like about to break up. That's my favorite part of a grassy area. Is just like looking at eventual relationships demise. There was nothing up there except like a guy, like God I guess. You guess? Yeah, I mean he wasn't, there wasn't much to write home about, honestly. He was a little dull.
1: Like you said in, in, the, in the interviews you did with the papers, that he's Australian.
0: Yeah, I did. I picked that up from his accent and from his backpack and from how much he drank and wouldn't stop talking about traveling so much.
1: <laughs> so before this happened, were you religious before? You know, Did you have any kind of religious belief? Did you have any preconceived ideas about what heaven would be like?
4: Um,
0: I guess like Before, it's not that I wasn't religious. I mean, like one time I ran into a Catholic church because I was playing, um, I was doing a scavenger hunt with my friends when I was young and I ran in there and head first, I like knocked my head against like the holy water thing and I passed out for like 10 hours and nobody found me. So I guess, yeah, you could say I was pretty religious.
1: (laughs) And um, obviously the the big thing that the, the papers were big on again was that in your experience, at least, there was no beef of any kind in heaven.
0: No, no, there wasn't. It was a sad revelation for me. There was just like chicken and pork and all the other meats. There was a lot of fish. There was spaghetti. There were vegetables. Do you want me to name all the foods there were? Yeah, keep going. It yeah. was all of them except beef. There were um, there was candy. There were um, there were oranges. There was salad. There was um, arugula. There was just other lettuces. There were beans. There were legumes. There were like you know uh, fava beans or olives. There were capers. There were like it was like that limoncello stuff that I'm like, is this alcohol? Can kids have this? I don't really get it. Um, there was soda water. There was Coca Cola. There was Pepsi. There was Mountain Dew. You know, there were what's-its, there was um, crackle, there was violet crackle, there was um, PB&J sandwiches, there were pickles, there were gherkins, there was herring. No beef, though.
1: Now, obviously, uh, you didn't stay there for very long, you were revived by the team. And were you sort of happy to be back? Because obviously some people, you know, would rather stay in heaven forever, if
0: possible. Yeah mainly happy to come back because Kim Kardashian came out with the lipstick nudes line and I really wanted to try it Um, and they are very good lipsticks. They're cream, they're not like a matte lipstick but they're not too glossy you know so you don't look like, I don't know, someone from 1992 like Victoria Beckham or something. Remember when her lips were so glossy all the time? Well Kim has really mastered like the mixture of gloss and matte and it's a cream form so it's moisturizing but it's not too distracting so mainly I was happy to not stay dead so I could witness this time in history. (laughs)
1: Great, well, uh, best of luck to you. Thank, Thank you for coming you. along. Ladies and gentlemen, please, big round of applause for Marcy.
0: Thank you, <laughs> Try That's it.
4: When my time is up and the kingdom come And I go up to see my mum And dad and Phil and Uncle Pete Can I take a steak for us to eat? Can I take a steak for us to eat? And when daddy comes running from his cloudy house, will sweet beef juices drip from his mouth with Jesus God and the holy spook? I want to eat beef until my dead self pukes. I want to eat beef until my dead self pukes. So bury me with my beef, down in the earth with the twigs and leaves. Because when I go up in the ejector seat, I want to be eating that holy meat. When I sing along with the angelic choir I wanna dunk some beef in a deep fat fryer If you wanna know, gonna keep it brief Heaven for me is a big plate of beef Heaven for me is a big plate of beef So bury me with my beef down in the earth with the twigs and leaves Cause when I go up in the ejector seats, I wanna be eating that holy meat
2: Dear God, there are so many questions we have for you. If the Garden of Eden was so good, why was there an evil snake there? What's going on with Mel Gibson? Why are those M&M adverts like that? What is the deal with the red Eminem? Is he just a dickhead or what? But really, we want only one answer. Is
4: there beef in heaven? Is there beef in heaven? Maybe we'll never know. And is there beef in heaven? Because if there is, then I'll go.
1: every London agri money is raised for a good cause. This year's event is raising money for Action on Wells, a charity which hopes to raise awareness about the danger posed by wells. Sure, they may provide us with life-giving water and are also useful to hang someone over to take them down a peg or two. But could it be that they are actually a dangerous menace? To speak to us from the charity, please welcome Alison Beverley, a representative from Action on Wells. Hello, everyone. Alison, thanks for coming. I have to say, um, this caught me by surprise, actually. Are wells really that big a problem in the modern age?
3: Yes, they are. And the way you phrase that is indicative of something that really upsets me. This idea people have that the danger posed by wells is something in the past and not a modern reality that ruins lives in today's world. It's not an old fashioned problem. Although it is true that people hundreds of years ago actually had a much better well awareness than we do today. For example, the phrase, are you well, was originally, are you in a well? <laughs> because if someone was in a well, then they weren't very well in modern terms at all.
1: Right, I see. Okay, so I presume the danger we're talking about largely is the danger of falling into a well.
3: Uh, yes, that's right. And, and
1: that's still happening these days?
3: Every day. And in the old days, if someone fell down a well, people would know what to do about it. And these days, our studies show that in over 85% of cases, if someone sees another person falling down a well, they will simply take a photograph of the well and upload it to Instagram.
1: Okay, this might seem like a flipping question, but is it really all that bad being at the bottom of a well?
3: Okay, yes, on the surface it sounds like it could be fun. It has kind of a retro charm and you're living rent-free in an environment less damp than many properties currently available on the rental market.
1: Yeah, you, s- you say less damp. Sorry, uh, fewer damp. That's better. <laughs> so um, I believe uh, you've teamed up with a musician Uh, To raise awareness of the dangers And it's going to be performed here today, is that correct?
3: Yes, that's right We've teamed up with Alan Frampton Who is a British singer-songwriter Who actually spent 15
1: years trapped in a well And he's going to tell us his story in song Okay, well ladies and gentlemen Please welcome singer-songwriter Alan Frampton
4: Are you well, they say They ask me, are you well Little do they know, they're reminding me of hell Fifteen years in a circular prison Getting out was my personal mission Slippery walls, broken hearts When was my life going to start?
3: Fact It is unknown how many people fell down wells in the past year but that means it isn't not a million. (laughs) Fact, when I was in high school my boyfriend fell down a well and no one believed that I actually had a boyfriend but he was real, he was just at the bottom of a well. I don't believe you the following scene is sadly absolutely typical in today's world.
0: This walk has been beautiful. That oh, was beautiful to you, Mindy. Don't <laughs> oh, stop it. We're divorced now.
2: I know, but I still think you're beautiful. The eventual mouth problems we had were because of my toxic personality not your looks.
0: Yes, and the fact that you were obsessed with Rick and Morty. <laughs> I thought you just watch it. No, don't start, Brian. It's funny. No, I know it's funny, but it's absolutely ruined your personality like some sort of nerd virus. But you still like me, don't you? I admit, I still feel something for you. You're an attractive guy, especially the way your neck beard sets off your crocs. Are they a new pair?
2: Found them in a bus stop.
0: Oh my god! A well! I freaking love wells,
2: but just like any average Joe, I'm absolutely blind to the danger they pose.
0: It's amazing the way this well echoes, isn't it? Hello? Hello? (gasps) Hello?
2: Hello? It's almost as if the echo isn't your voice at all, but instead your voice has changed from that of a woman who isn't in a well to a desperate man who's trapped in a well. Let me try. Hello? Please call the
0: police. (laughs) (laughs) What a harmless and fun afternoon out with my (laughs) ex-husband. However, despite us no longer shouting down it, the well is still making noises.
4: A uh, couple of things. One, what's going on here? Why are you out for a walk with your ex-husband? You need to move on. He's he's clearly a dick. And two, I've been trapped down a well for years now. Please save me. Let me
0: just peer in and see what could be making that noise. No!
4: no! Are you well, they say, they ask me, are you well? Little do they know, they're reminding me of hell. Fifteen years in a circular prison, and getting out was my personal mission. Slippery walls, broken hearts, when was my life going to start?
0: When I fell into the well, to my surprise, I was caught by the arms of a middle-aged British man. You know when you stay in the bath too long and your fingers go all wrinkly? His entire body looked like that. He looked really weird. <laughs> Imagine a Mr. Potato Head, but re- replace the potato just with a scrotum. <laughs> also, he had been down a well for over 10 years and he'd only eaten scraps of beef dropped by ravens, so he didn't look very healthy. Also, with the Mr. Potato Head skirtum thing, he also had no torso, so his arms came out of the side of his head, and his legs came out from under his chin like a child's drawing. But there was something about him. (laughs) He was kind, (laughs) pleased to see me. (laughs) And because he'd been in a well for years, he hadn't even heard of Rick and Morty. Yay! This was a guy I could get to like, or maybe love.
4: Are you well, they say, they ask me, are you well? Little do they know, they're reminding me of hell Fifteen years in a circular prison Getting out was my personal mission Slippery walls, mended heart. Finally my life's going to start When I fell in
0: the well, my ex-husband Brian didn't get help. He just took a photograph of the well and uploaded it to Instagram. Oh my god, 12 likes! But Action on Wells found us months later. Without them, we'd still be down there eating small scraps of beef and having sex, which was fun but weird because his dick came out of his chin area. (gasps) When we got to the surface, I assumed that Alan's skin would go back to normal, but it turns out that it wasn't like that because of being in the damp well. It was just like that. But I didn't mind, because I loved him. However, our love was compromised. Every time we looked at each other, we reminded the other of the ordeal of living in a well.
4: Are you well, they say, they ask me, are you well? Little do they know, they're reminding me of hell She reminds me of my circular prison And now this terrible problems arisen The love of my life, my one sweetheart Will we have to face life apart?
0: There was only one way we were going to save our relationship We went to a wishing well.
4: This sounds like a bad idea.
0: I wish that we could erase all our terrible memories from falling in the original well. But then, clumsy me, you know what happened. I lost my footing And grabbing onto Alan We fell into the wishing well And spent a further seven years trapped down
4: there Are you well, they say They ask me, are you well Little do they know They're reminding me of hell Twenty-two years in a circular prison Getting out was my personal mission Slippery walls, broken hearts when is my life going to start? in front everybody.
1: Right. Quite a lot to take in there. So, um, so they're out now?
3: Yes, they were rescued by donations collected at this very event last year.
1: Right, well obviously it's not a great experience. Uh, For either of them, but at least they found each other. So it's not all bad, is it?
3: Let's see if you feel the same way when I tell you that they had a well child.
1: Okay. uh, What's a well child?
3: A child born in a well. When a well child is brought to the surface, they cannot survive. If they manage to adapt to eating food that isn't dropped on them by ravens, it's going to grow up maladjusted and will potentially become every parent's nightmare. A magician. A magician.
1: And what happened to um, Mindy's ex-husband, Brian? He died. Great, okay, so... <laughs> well, thanks for coming to talk to us, Alison. Alison, everybody! So, that's all we've got time for at the annual London Con. But if you're after more beef and dairy news, get over to the website now where you can find all the latest beef and dairy news, as well as our off-topic section, where this month we ask various luminaries from the beef world, if you had to shag, marry, and then kill someone, who would it be? <laughs> So, until next time, beef out. Thanks to Dave Cribb, Mike Bosniak, Nadja Kamal and Tony Newsom. Also, thanks to everyone who came to the show and to the good people at the London Podcast Festival. Well,
4: pop culture Panel, we have just 30 seconds to prove to Max MaxFun listeners that we know what the F we're talking about when it comes to pop culture. All right, you guys, let's go. Famous Chris's. Walk in. Christopherson. Hemsworth. Karen, what's the most iconic lesbian snack? The wings at Hooters. The answer is fried green tomatoes. Margaret, what is the Marvel Cinematic Universe missing? My interest. Winter, name someone who will EGOT in your lifetime.
0: Ike Barinholtz. That's
4: beautiful. Top Gear or Top Model? Sadly, I have to say Top Gear. The clear answer is Top Chef. But
1: Top Model taught us about smizing.
4: Pop Rocket, smart takes on everything. Catch us every Friday on Maximum Fun. Are you tired of trying to keep up with the news
0: cycle? Is bad stuff happening too fast for you to process? Don't you wish there was an easy way to find out about only the most important info you need? Hi, we're Lisa. (laughs) And Emily. (laughs) Why don't you try our podcast, Baby Geniuses? On each episode of our podcast, we discuss a weird Wikipedia page such as Flatulence Humor, Clamato, Catalan Witches, Clippy, the Microsoft Office Helper, Death during consensual sex, and the talking mongoose. We ask each other stupid questions. Uh, <laughs> if you <laughs> if you got a packet with like 300 seeds in it, what kind of plant would you choose the seeds to be? <laughs> That felt like you were assigned to ask me a question and there were certain words you weren't allowed to use. We talk about Martha Stewart, her pony, and other celebrity horse news. Ben Chunch. Every other week on Maximum Fun with Baby Geniuses. geniuses,
1: MaximumFun.org.
4: Comedy and culture. Artist owned.
1: Listener supported.